Please be seated. As you can see, there's a lot going on today. Woohoo! <laughs> the mics don't work, the doors don't close. So, anyways, um, you know, we're celebrating All Saints Sunday, plus remembering in particular our own saints who have entered into that nearer presence of our Lord this year. Today marks the, the last day of our in-gathering of pledges during worship. This is Ansley Walker's first Sunday ever of celebrating the Eucharist. And this is the day that Hadley King is to be baptized with a Jazz Eucharist, no less. <laughs> And then we're out on the lawn for a picnic. You know, on All Saints Sunday, there's always a lot going on because it's on this day that we offer a nod to the past, present, and future of our faith lives. Looking backwards, we remember those who have handed down their faith to us, the great ones like St. Paul and the greater ones like our grandmothers. Today's scriptures, they give us this hope that those that we've loved and we've lost are still actually with us in the now, that we're all enveloped in the love of God, and that as Ansley, for her first time, invites us to lift our hearts in the Sursum Corda of the Eucharist, that we will actually enter into that divine realm mingling with angels and archangels, with Christ and with all those we love and see no more. There's almost a mystical, ironic, new awareness that can come over us this day. Pastor Friedrich Beekner, who had an amazing um, way with images, who joins us now from that glorious company of heaven, he once put it this way. He said, on All Saints Day... It's not just the big saints of the church that we should remember in our prayers, but it's all the foolish ones and wise ones, the shy ones and overbearing ones, the broken ones and whole ones, the despots and tosspots and crackpots of our lives who one way or another have been our particular fathers and mothers and saints and whom loved, whom we loved, without knowing that we loved them, and by whom we were helped to, to whatever we may have or hope to have of some kind of seedy sainthood of our own. So yes, indeed, this is the day we're invited once more to put on the eyes of our faith and peek into the homeland of our original citizenship to look beyond the temporary struggles, pain, and frustration, and to behold the one who loves us with an everlasting love, the one who will not let us go, escorting us all the way through our lives, bringing us at last more fully into God's self again. Today invites us to a longer view, a trusting hope that all is well. That image from Isaiah and Revelation gives us such a window in to all that awaits us, reminding us of that heavenly banquet, the finest, richest feast, 
prepared for all creation by the Lord himself, hosting us, feeding, healing, receiving us, restoring us, the shroud removed, and God has swallowed up death forever. Guaranteed a time when all our tears will be wiped away, when mourning and crying and pain will be no more, the eternal now when time has turned into eternity and there is no past or future, but all things are made new and we will behold him face to face. Such is the telescope we aim to look through this day, the wistful reminder that our truest citizenship is in God. Often we spend so much of our time distracted and deluded concerned about the pressures of this world. So today we lift our horizon, receiving this recalibration and reminder of our forever selves. We are hidden in Christ. We are in God right now. Jesus, like us, needed this same kind of recalibration. In his public gaze, He chose to be fully immersed in the ministry of teaching and healing, but in the dawn and the evening of his day, spending time in prayer, renewing his vision of the Father, rekindling the why, then daily moving out once more into living into the Father's will of carrying with him that inner sanctuary, You know, Thomas Kelly, he's a Quaker, a missionary, author, and a saint of the 20th century, and he explains this ongoing revisioning work that we must do for ourselves, how we saints of God can be sustained as citizens of two countries, always afoot in both realms. And you know, as I was writing this, and I I wished I had put this quote in the in the bulletin so that you could have it and pray over it, but I'll put it on the, on the website and Facebook later this week. But Kelly says this. He says, Deep within us all, there is an amazing inner sanctuary of the soul, a holy place, a divine center, a speaking voice to which we may continuously con- return. Eternity is in our hearts pressing upon the time-worn lives, warming us with intimations of an astounding destiny, calling us home to itself. Here, Kelly gets at our astonishing privilege and invitation of intimately knowing the source of life and love ourselves. God has planted within each of us the seed of new life that can be nurtured and activated, especially in our baptism. We present ourselves to this congregation of believers saying, Take me, urging the Holy Spirit to awaken the hidden Christ within. And this is why all of us are here today, not just to witness Hadley's take that next faithful step, but also to respond to that call, urging us to deepen our relationship with the calling Christ, 
responding to that dynamic center that presses for birth within us. If you are like me, you glimpse this truth of our call to this other citizenry, and then all of a sudden it vanishes. And this is why we gather week after week, because you, my brothers and sisters, you might see it right now. You might be living into it with your lives, pulsing with the Spirit. And again, being able to rekindle what I knew was truest in me as well. And this is why it's, re it's important to come back to those daily practices of prayer, to deepen that relationship, to make ourselves available and quiet before the merciful one who knows us and loves us more than we can ask or imagine. For it is there in that prayer space, just as it was for Jesus, that we receive the strength and the grace to see differently, where our eyes are mercied and we're made generous enough to live in this country with faith and trust and love. And God, he has a whole lot more going on in mind for us than just for us individually to receive his presence and his peace. Oh, yes, we little S saints of God, we're invited to live into this partnership of his mission of redeeming the whole world back to himself. Together, we are the church, that weird and wonderful body made of people, saints and sinners who have gifts for the kingdom. We are a mix of human and divine, perfect and imperfect, receiving our inheritance from the Father, a people who have set their hope on Christ. We Christians at St. Christopher's and across the globe Past, present, and future, we are the church. And in us, the fullness of Christ dwells. Even here, right now, is the place where Jesus can reliably be found. This is why it is so important that we witness Hadley's baptism. Because when a person is baptized, something special happens. Something inside of them is activated. Each of us has a cluster of spiritual gifts. And the amazing implication and reality is that together we assemble the gifts kind of like a jigsaw puzzle. Already Hadley, who's eight, has opened to the Spirit's work of nurturing her faith seed within, open and enlivened by the Spirit and the faith that's been passed down to her from her parents and from us. How I marveled to hear Beth, her mom, share how Hadley had always been naturally awake to the Christ within her. At two and a half, hugging her own tummy, hugging God, recognizing that God dwelled within her and within all of us. Even at four or five, she was soothing herself with a breath prayer, saying, God is always with me, and I am not alone. 
God is always with me, and I am not alone. And already, she's burdened by the injustices that she sees in this world. So yes, drawing nearer to Jesus, following in his way of being in the world, and more and more we start to activate our life in Christ. It happens organically in the little things, like driving someone to the grocery store who can't drive anymore, or by sharing our finances in the work of his community of faith, or in weeping with those who weep, or rejoicing with those who rejoice. It's in reading scripture in the morning and lighting a candle and coming to church. And in so doing, we discover and unleash our gifts of the already and not yet coming kingdom of God. You saints of God have come to sing your faith today, to be fed, loved, equipped, and sent out. Just this last week, I went to Mary Jane Ledgerwood's installation as rector in Mobile, and I heard the preacher give us a vision of a church in just this mini-sentence. She said, we gather in order to scatter. And it is especially when we scatter that we bear witness in word and deed to our amazing and merciful God, sharing God's love indiscriminately wherever we go. That preacher, Reverend Linda McKenzie, went on to quote that it is not so much that God's church has a mission, but that God's mission has a church. God in Christ God with us, spirit-born, has a life-giving, life-saving mission for the whole world. And we, his network of people who own our own faith, deploy our gifts in God's mission. This is our hope and our life, that we live into this call as saints of God. And I mean to be one, too. Amen.